Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. I got one big question for you this morning. What are you going to do different this year to change those things that you've been unsatisfied with for years? What are you going to do this year to change those things in your life that you've been unsatisfied with for years? Everybody in here ought to know the definition of insanity, right? You know, you know what it is. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I want to add to that definition. I want to add to it, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, along with years of complaining and worrying about the results you're continually getting by never changing what you do. To me, that's insane. You see people do the same thing over and over and over again. They go the same places. They're with the same people. They have the same attitude. They have the same mentality. They go through the same routine, and they complain, and they worry about the results that they're continually getting as if that is going to change it. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? Amen? You can't change anything but what you do. You can't change anything but what you do. Now, I've met people that have enough charisma or that they have enough of a uh, of, a, of a fear, um, how, how can I say this? They, they, they put enough fear into people where they bully people to do things differently or they manipulate people to do things differently. But how many of you know that only works for a time? Anybody ever tried to, uh, don't raise your hand, uh, but I think we've all done it. Anybody ever tried to manipulate somebody with, with our, you know, subtle or not so subtle tactics? You know? Ladies, I don't know if you figured this out yet. And if you're, if you're getting married or you're, you're, you're not married yet, do not ever marry someone and think, I'll marry him this way because I like these things about him, but I'm going to change those things about him. Because you're going to frustrate yourself. The only person that can change that man is that man. And the only person really, let me, let me back up, let me strike that. The only person that can change that man is if that man lets Jesus change him. And same goes for, for women too. Don't think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry this girl and I like this about her and that about her and that about her, but, but as time goes on, I'm going to change this about her. It ain't going to work that way. And you're going to frustrate yourself. Amen? You can't change anything but what you do. That's about the only thing you have control over. You can change what you believe. You can change what you say. You can change what and who you listen to and watch. You can change where you're at. You can change who you're around. So what are you going to do differently this year to change those things that you've been unsatisfied with for years? I'm not, I'm not talking about blaming everybody and everything. I'm saying, what are you going to do differently? What are, you, what are the, some of the practical things? You say, give me some practical things that I can change. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I, I'm going to give you the biblical side of things, the spiritual side of things. 
But I think that's for you to answer because every single one of you live a different life than what I live. Yeah, we probably deal with a lot of the same issues and a lot of the same pressures. But there are things that are in your life that if you would just, some of, sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking something. Like Christy was talking about uh, this morning, that she's going to do a social media fast. You know, I, I, I think it'd probably be a good idea for all of us to do that. I'm not going to tell you to do that, but it'd probably be a good idea. Why? Because think about how many times a day we reach over to see, I wonder what's going on on that feed, or I wonder what's going on on that app, or I wonder what's going on here, or I wonder who said what. And, and you know, some of it's harmless, and some of it's no, no big deal. The, the most, most uh, harm that it does is just robbing you of your time. But a lot of things, too, when you're on there, it robs you of your peace. Amen? And, I, and you know, used to before Facebook, we just, you just had the, the town gossip hotline, right? But now you just get on there and you know what everybody's doing everywhere. And then you got, op- I mean, you know how many opportunities you have? Uh, just something as simple as just to get your feelings hurt when you see people that you thought were your friends that didn't invite you to something that you thought you'd be invited to? Come on now, we ain't, most of us don't grow up past junior high. And get off you and talk, and we didn't get, why didn't we get invited? Maybe because they don't like you as much as you thought they did. And that's all right, too. Not everybody likes you. Not everybody likes me. You won't get free until you get comfortable with the fact that not everybody has to like you. Amen? And you can love people that don't like you. And you can like people that don't like you. Amen? But the, but the big thing about it is, is, is we, get, uh, we get in all kinds of, uh, of issues in our life because we don't keep the main thing the main thing. And what is that? The main thing is that we have to love God with everything and then love our neighbor as ourselves. That's, that's it. That's period. That's, we, can, we can put a big exclamation point on that and say, outside of that, nothing really matters. I'm going to love God with everything. What is, what is loving God with everything? Loving God with everything is loving him enough to put all of my ideas and all of my plans aside and say, God, where would you have me go today? What would you have me do today? What, what, uh, what education would you have me get? What job would you have me get? How would you, uh, where would you have me live? And all that. I know those are big life decisions, and most of us have made those life decisions. But when we put God first in our life, that means that we are leaning not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledging him and everything that we do. Amen? And then loving our neighbor as ourselves. It didn't say love the neighbor who likes you. It didn't say love the neighbor who loves you. It, didn't, it says love your neighbor as yourself. And so we can go through life knowing that it doesn't matter if they don't like me. It doesn't matter if they don't love me. It doesn't matter if they're spitefully trying to use me. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to love them like God told me to love them, right? And so I'm going to love God with everything, and then I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. But we, we can't change anything but what we do. And if we've got things that, that we don't like in our life, and we've been, maybe we haven't been dealing with them for years, maybe it's just been months, or maybe it's just been a year, or maybe it's been our whole life, I guarantee you could go and you could evaluate your life, and you could say, what's one thing, what's one practical thing that I could stop doing, or that I could start doing, that would completely change the dynamic of my life and root that thing out of my life? Amen? The, the bad thing is, it might be something that for a season you've enjoyed. You know, you might not have peace in your life because you're too caught up on the, on the town gossip. But you might love gossip so much that you're unwilling to cut that off, but you can't figure out why you don't have peace in your life. 
And the reason why you don't have peace in your life is because you don't mind your own business. But you like minding everybody's business. And so therefore, you're always in everybody's business, and then you can't figure out why you don't have peace. If you want peace in your life, you need to mind your own business. Now, I'm not preaching to any one person in here. I'm preaching to every single person in here. You want peace in your life, you got to sow peace. You want joy in your life, you got to sow joy. Amen? If you want love in your life, you got to sow love. Is this all right? I know I'm meddling a little bit. But I'm asking the big question, what are you going to do differently this year? What are you personally, not what people around you, what are you personally going to do differently this year to change those things that you've been unsatisfied with for years? The situation is never going to be perfect enough for you to make the changes you want to make. This is, I think, a lot of times where I get into trouble. Because I think, well, when this lines up and this lines up and that lines up, and basically everything is perfect, then I will make the changes necessary. How many you know if it was perfect, you wouldn't want it to change? But I want things to line up just perfectly before I make a step into change. Things are not going to ever be perfect enough for you to make changes that you need to make. We make the changes while in the middle of the imperfection to bring about God's will in our lives. We don't want just change for change's sake. We want change in our life because we want God's will in our life, right? Romans, the uh, 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and we can say sisters too, by the mercies of God to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern, or that you may know what is the will of God. And then it goes on to say, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I've done some studying on that, and, I'm, and you know, everybody's a little bit, uh, they're not quite sure exactly if this is like a, a progression that you know the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and then you know the perfect will of God. Are there some things are good and some things are acceptable and, and some things are perfect? I don't know. But what I do know is, is that right here, I think God wants us to, I know that God wants us to seek out for our own life the good things that he has in store for us, the things that are acceptable in his eyes so that we can achieve that perfection that he wants for us. You know, the Bible says that he has perfected those who are being sanctified. I think this right here, Paul is talking about that sanctification process, meaning that when you get saved, the blood of Jesus is applied to your life and you're completely forgiven of all your sins and you've been uh, made righteous. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But how many of you know there's still hang-ups in our life even though God, when he looks at us, the Bible says he, he looks at us as, as completely righteous. But how many of you know we still carry around some unrighteous things in our life, right? Maybe some unrighteous thoughts, Maybe some unrighteous actions and things like that. Well, Hebrews tells us that, that we're, we're, we're made perfect through the blood of Jesus. But those that are made perfect through the blood of Jesus are on this process of sanctification. I think this is what Paul's talking about. So that we would know what the good will of God is, what the acceptable will of God is, and what the perfect will of God is. Amen? That, that, that who we are 
we should be further along in this sanctification process today than we were the day that we got saved. Amen? That was the beginning. God made us perfect, and now we have the ability, we have the access. We, we don't just have willpower or anything like that. We actually have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us to help us. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's the one who quickens our body. The Bible says that, uh, that um, if, if the same power that raised up Christ from the dead now lives and abides on the inside of you and is able to quicken your mortal body, meaning that now, whereas before, we just had willpower. We knew we wanted to do better. We knew we needed to be better people and we just tried really hard. We made New Year's resolutions and we tried really, really, really hard. But now we don't, tr we don't have to try really hard. All we have to do is get into the Word of God and get into prayer and then walk out the life that God tells us to walk out so that we'll know, we can know, we can discern what the good will of God is, what the acceptable will of God is so that we can achieve the perfection of, of the will of God. Amen? You ought to be far. I'm not saying that you, you, you'll always, you're always going to have hang-ups. Amen? And, and until you meet Jesus face to face, you're going to have hang-ups. But we should be progressing in our walk with God. We should be always evaluating, not condemning ourselves, but allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us of the things in us that need to change. It may just be a thought process. It may just be an action. It may just be cutting something off or getting over our fear of not doing something that we know the Lord has asked us to do. But, it, but Paul, he says, I'm appealing to you, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world. Stop being pushed into the molds of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So I just simply wrote this. We make those changes that we're talking about this morning. What are you going to do? What changes are you going to make to change those things that have been bothering you or, or you've been unsatisfied with year, for years? We make those changes first in us. You have to make that change inside you First, if change doesn't happen in us first, it will be short-lived change. It'll be short-lived. Amen? Amen? 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day after day, or day by day. For this light, momentary affliction, I want you to see how Paul categorizes this to the Corinthians. He says, for this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Right here the Bible says that this life and all that it throws at us is a light, momentary affliction. 
a light, momentary affliction. That light is not like the lights in the ceiling. That light is like heavy or light. A light. You say, I don't know. This world has thrown me some heavy stuff. Paul says everything that's going on in this world is a light, momentary affliction. Everything that you're dealing with right now that seems to hold you back or seems to be the excuse that you have as to why you don't become the person that you know God has called you to be is because you are allowing a light, momentary affliction hold you down in eternity. But the things of this world, Paul says, they're but a light, momentary affliction. Those things that have seemed to hold you back for years are momentary, light, and it says transient. You know what transient means? It means here today and gone tomorrow. I can't tell you the times that I've been in a situation where maybe something was going on and it just felt like actual hell on the inside of me. Anybody ever been through something that felt like hell? That's because it was. It was brought on by hell. And, and, and everybody, if we're in here trading licks and trading stories, I'm sure that we could come out with a natural winner. But it doesn't matter if we all can, <clears throat> if we can all line up our afflictions and, and we can declare, oh yeah, you've had more afflictions than anybody in this room. It doesn't matter. Those afflictions that you've gone through have seemed like eternal hell in that moment. Whether it's something that maybe somebody just made something up about you and it made you look bad in light of maybe at your job or in the community or something like that. Or whether it was actually something that, that forever changed the course of your life. In that moment, it didn't feel light and it didn't feel momentary. It felt like actual hell. I can't tell you how many times I've been in places like that and the Lord has literally, the Holy Spirit has literally said, this will not last forever, so stop acting like it will. This feeling will not last forever. This will not last forever. You say, well, I've been dealing with this for years and years and years and years. Well, the Bible says that when you see Jesus face to face, you shall be like him. It won't last forever. Well, so I'm just going to have to deal with it the rest of my, uh, my natural life. You don't have to. Because as Paul says that these are light momentary afflictions, they're transient, they're here today and gone tomorrow, that all depends on you. It all depends on if you're tired of carrying it around or not anymore. Because Jesus says that if you've got burdens and you've got yokes, that you can trade them for his. Cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. He says, take on my burden, take on my yoke because it's light and it's easy. But you might be addicted to your yoke. You might be addicted to your burden. You might, in a weird way, like it. But make no mistake about it, it's light momentary affliction no matter what you've gone through. That's not me saying that. That's not me being insensitive. That's the word of God saying that Things that happen to us in this world are but a light momentary affliction. And I'm not telling you just get over it. I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be under that burden anymore. You don't have to be under that affliction anymore. You can start making changes to walk right out from underneath it. 
Well, who will hold up that burden? Jesus will. Who will carry that yoke? Jesus will. Well, if I don't, if I don't, if I just, if I just stop caring, if I, if I cast my cares, who's going to care about it? Jesus will. Who do you trust more to deal with the afflictions in your life, you or Jesus? That's hard to remind yourself when you're in that affliction. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's what I said. I've been in it times before where I just felt like this, this season's never going to end. When is this going to end? And the Holy Spirit's just come right alongside me and he says, you know this doesn't last forever and it, can only, it only has to last as long as you want it to last. Are you ready to be free from it? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't know what it is, maybe just my natural mind wasn't able to believe that. And so I carry it around maybe another couple of days, maybe another couple of weeks, maybe another couple of months. But then there's been other times that I've, I've recognized and, and I've said, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of carrying this. There's things that keep you up at night. Can't go to sleep because you're worried about it. It doesn't have to be that way. You can cast those cares upon the Lord knowing that he cares for you. Amen? Amen. Now, if it's issues that you've created because you've made bad decisions, there can be some worldly consequences. But you still do not have to allow the worldly consequences to burn. It is what it is. But you can still turn and say, God, I made some mistakes. I may have made some mistakes that are going to come back on me in this world. And I'll just have to deal with that. And I thank you, Father, that people have mercy on me. But I also know that you have had mercy on me, that you have forgiven me. And I'm not going to carry this around anymore. I'm going to repent and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And if I need to go and talk to people and say, hey, I was wrong right here. Will you forgive me or this and the other? I'll do that. But I do not have to be burdened by it because you freed me forever. Amen. I like what it says. It says, for their light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. I love the fact that this morning there was such a, a presence of the Holy Spirit in here because now I don't have to tell you about it. I can just remind you of when we're in worship, did you feel the weight of glory? Now, there's been services where I felt it more. There's been times where I felt it less. But glory has a weight to it. Glory has a substance to it because it's the glory of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And right here it says those light momentary afflictions. What, what I think that means is when we're experiencing those afflictions, we can say, God, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in an affliction right now. I've got some things going on in my life right now. I've got some, uh, some issues that are bothering me. It doesn't matter if it wouldn't bother the, another person. It's bothering me right now. I've got some fear. I've got some anxiety. I've got some things happening in my life. I've got physical things. I've got mental things. I've got emotional things going on in my life. And yeah, other people might think it's no big deal, but it's a big deal on the inside of me. But I am choosing to say that this is a light momentary affliction I cast it over on you and I thank you Father that you replace the weight of my affliction with the weight of your glory amen, amen? amen. with the weight of your glory stop letting the momentary afflictions of this natural world stop eternity in your life let's jump back to verse 7 
of 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And this will be my last scripture. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8, this is the, really the verse I want to get to. It says, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. And we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Now, this is the New Testament. It reminds me of Old Testament Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were tricked, set up, if you will, because there were people that knew, people that were jealous of them, knew they wouldn't bow down to any other god or an idol other than God. And so they got set up, and their punishment was to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And when they were asked to bow down, they said, no, we're not going to bow down. You can throw us in if you want, and we believe that our God will save us. But we want you to know, even if he doesn't save us, meaning if they throw you, if we throw us in and, and we die, we want you to know that even if we had known beforehand that we would die, we still wouldn't bow down to that idol. So it made the king extremely mad, and he says, heat the furnace up seven times hotter than what has ever been uh, uh, set before. So hot that when he was thrown into the fiery furnace, you guys know, or when those three guys were thrown in the fiery furnace, and it killed the people who actually threw them in. So they're in there, and they're not, they're not burning or, or anything like that. Matter of fact, they said, didn't we throw three guys in there? And they said, yeah. So well, there's a fourth one in there, and it sure does look like the Son of God. So they pull them out. They're not burnt. They're not singed. They don't even smell like smoke. They were hard-pressed on every side, yet they were not crushed. They're perplexed, but they were not in despair, they were persecuted but not forsaken. They were struck down but not destroyed. And Paul makes this promise to the church that even when we're hard-pressed around every side, we will not be crushed, we will not be in despair, and we will not be forsaken, and ultimately we will not be destroyed. So it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, it may feel like the whole world is caving in around you. You have to know that God is not going to allow that momentary light affliction destroy you. Amen? Is this all right? It reminds me of a, of a song we used to do back in the, way back in the early 2000s. Y'all remember that Trading My Sorrows? I almost broke that one out this morning, but I don't think I'm going to do it this morning. I'm blessed but not crushed, persecuted and not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure. And this joy is going to be my strength. Amen? So, what are you going to do to trade? Or I should say this. So, what are you going to trade for God's blessings this year? What parts of you are you going to trade, meaning change, to now accept God's blessings this year? What is that thing are those things in your life that you're just sick of. You're sick of them lying around. Anybody ever got so sick of the junk that was lying around your house you're like, you just did a purge? Yeah. There's some junk laying around your soul that you need to purge. 
There's some junk. Do some cleanup. Say, I'm trading this. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my pain. Right? I'm trading. God will take it all. But he's not taking it from you, but you can give it to him. So what are you going to trade for God's blessings this year? Amen? So that's my message, but I just kind of want to give you something, what you can expect here at the church for 2023. As, as Miss Christie said, normally we, we do like a big, uh, a big packet and all this stuff for our, our, um, our uh, uh, 21-day prayer and fast. Listen, I want you guys just to get with God, maybe get with your spouse, maybe get with your kids, your family, or a friend, or whatever, and, um, and just determine what, what you're going to do. Determine, if you haven't already, determine if you are going to uh, fast food, and, and you guys probably know my stance on that. I think that it's great if, if you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're doing it because you're dieting, then you know, just do um, uh, slim fast or something like that, but don't call it fasting, right? I, I mean, you can do, a, you can do a, a weight loss fast if you want to, but don't call it spiritual. Um, fasting is not about losing weight. Fasting is about taking things that take up your day and not doing them so that you can replace them with reading your Bible, spending time with God, praying, uh, stuff like that. So if there are things that, that you can set aside, something that I said, uh, I guess last week, I said, you know, if you just want to, um, you know, something as simple as uh, uh, not listen to anything, but, but maybe, I'm not saying Christian music, I'm saying praise and worship music. You know, there's a difference sometimes between what they label Christian and praise and worship, Right? So praise and worship is not just about God, but it's glorifying and magnifying God, and it helps you get into the presence of God. Amen? So if uh, you just want to do something that simple, just say, hey, you know what? Uh, no more gangster rapper country this, this month. I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no more hard rock, no ACDC this month. I'm just going to praise the Lord at when I'm going to work, when I'm coming home, when I'm riding around with the family or whatever, uh, social media fasting, whatever. But whatever you do, just make sure that you're doing it to glorify God. You're doing it to uh, be in the presence of God. You're doing it to hear from God. And then also, stand on the promises of God that says that if you knock, he says the door will be open to you. You know, when you take that time to do that, that's you knocking on the doors of God, uh, uh, on the door of, of heaven and saying, I'm, I'm here, Lord, I'm knocking. He says that, uh, that uh, if you seek, you'll find. If you ask, you'll receive. Amen? So stand on the word of God that uh, the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? And say, God, I'm, I'm going to do my diligence to seek you as best I can, and best I know how. Teach me if I need to do anything better. Uh, but do that. But as far as uh, this year, if you, some stuff you want to be praying about, um, I feel like 2023, we're really going to have an emphasis on ministry. Um, we spent the majority of the past um, two years being here. We got here in, in, uh, in September of 2020. And we really, uh, you know, set to uh, focus on the campus and uh, just kind of cleaning up, updating, repair, um, and really just kind of getting acclimated uh, to being back. And so uh, I feel like uh, that the church is doing uh, really good. And uh, although there, there are always things that we need to do, there always be things that need to be done to our physical facilities or whatever. That is not going to be our main focus this year. Our main focus is going to be on ministry. And so with that, um, there's uh, one thing you can watch out for and start looking for uh, us to be doing some advertisements and some things like that. But we are planning to take a mission trip to Leon, Mexico. Uh, I believe it's going to um, be uh, somewhere in July. And uh, we're going we're gonna to help uh, a church build an orphanage down there. And so uh, if you're interested in that, interested in giving towards that or whatever, uh, then just kind of be, have a heads up on, on some of those things. 
Um, we're also currently looking and going to be praying as a staff, uh, and then you can be praying for us too uh, to look for other outreach and ministry opportunities. Uh, and so if you know of some in the community or in the surrounding communities, uh, just let us know about them. We'll, we'll pray about those and see if that's something that we need to, to be a part of. Um, and then uh, we also, I also want to do some extended uh, meetings, church meetings uh, with other ministers this year. Uh, I don't really exactly know uh, what that's going to look like. Um, but I want to do something like that. I've also, for the last several years, I've wanted to do a marriage conference, and it just hasn't worked out, and so we'll be looking into doing that, doing like a, a, a real fun uh, marriage conference and things, and probably going to be getting some stuff from Gateway out of Dallas. Uh, they have uh, some of the best marriage conferences there is, but it'll be really relaxed and, and uh, just, just come have fun and, and work on our marriages, right? Everybody's got perfect marriages in here, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody needs any work on your marriage, right? No, so we shouldn't do those. Um, and then um, one thing that, um, that or I should, uh, let me say this one. Uh, one thing that I've wanted to do too, and it didn't work out last year, is I wanted our staff uh, to take a, a, a trip uh, to do a conference, like a staff building conference and stuff. So we'll be looking into doing something uh, like that. And then uh, Christy and I actually have an opportunity that we're praying about, so pray with it for us, uh, to go do a mission trip to Spain our, our good friend and missionary, uh, Wade Weaver, that's been here, he actually uh, spent uh, the previous eight years building a church, um, and um, he, that's what he does. He builds a church, and then while he's there, which I think is awesome, he raises up a local uh, that feels like they're called a pastor. He raises up a local to become a pastor. So while he's starting a church, he's actually pouring into another person to become a minister, to become a pastor, and when he feels like the Lord's told him they're ready, then he turns the church over to them, and that's what he was doing here this summer. If you guys had a chance to meet him, uh, we let him uh, come in and minister on a Wednesday, maybe a Sunday. Uh, but uh, they were given space for the new pastor to be able to pastor those people because um, a lot of times he said when, when he leaves a place, he, he gets a bunch of phone calls and people come in and ask him, and say, no, 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 this is your pastor now. And so he'll kind of leave the country and, and give them, uh, they take a break and everything. But they, they went right back, uh, I guess in August of this year, and uh, they are currently starting another church, so doing street missions uh, and everything else like that in a different area. And so he, uh, he's wanted Christy and I to come for several years now, and uh, he, he really wants us to come help and do some street ministry and, um, and try to uh, begin to, that's where he starts. He doesn't automatically open up a storefront or a church front. He, uh, he starts out on the streets and the cafes and different things like that, just ministering to people and, uh, and praying for people. And then out of that, he begins to build a little congregation. So just something we're praying about this year, uh, about trying to set a date uh, for that. And then um, one thing that I'm really excited about, you guys ought to uh, be able to see in the next couple of weeks, is I've finished um, my 21-day uh, devotional. And um, it is uh, the printed proof will be here Tuesday. And as long as there's no uh, issues with that printed proof, everything looks the way we want it to look, then we ought to have copies for sale either next Sunday or the Sunday after that. And so um, it's, a, it's a cool devotional. Um, it's got uh, 21 days, but then after that, I've kind of wanted it to be something that you don't just take for 21 days and then set it aside. And I was doing some research, and everybody's heard it takes 21 days to make a habit. Um, but I also did some research that says it takes 21 days to make a habit, but it actually takes 66 days to make that habit automatic in your life, meaning you don't even think about it anymore. You just do it. And so the first 21 days is, is, is a devotion every day with scripture and study points and things like that. But then after that, there's some resources in there 
uh, with uh, reading your Bible in a year plan, and then also uh, just some notes and some uh, prayers that you can confess and pray over your life and just some uh, guidelines or whatever uh, to help you uh, extend that 21 days and kind of uh, work, work your way down from doing a devotion that I've done to actually doing your own devotions and studying in the Word of God yourself. There's a note section and things like that. So I'm excited about that, and uh, we should be able to uh, get you guys a copy of that in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, everybody good on all that? I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the Word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.